Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Colin Horton. I'm an award-winning surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of Candid and I'm delighted today because I think today is going to be a cool podcast. I've actually got another podcaster on, so I'm, there's a lot of pressure on me to deliver a good podcast. So much pressure. James, stop it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, today's actually the first time we've met and right. you're actually getting an honest first conversation between us two. So without further ado, I'm going to pass over to James, who's just going to quickly introduce himself and uh, then we'll get right away. Shall I look at camera? I don't know, mate. I mean, we'll keep this in. I'm kind of it's looking at me, and I'm because it would be a bit odd if I was just look at, saying hi. I'm Jane because we know each other. I'll look at camera so people can see. Yeah, look know. at camera. Give it away. Okay, yeah, yeah. we'll keep it in. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm James. I'm a recovering entrepreneur <laughs> at the moment, a podcaster. Um, I kind of call myself a mental health activist, but um, I often find that a bit wanky. I just document my mental health journey um i've built a couple of companies um and i left my last company in november um and i was ceo um oh, and nice. um yeah uh <laughs> and yeah now now i'm just chilling out i'm being a house husband and just um enjoying life mate i've got so, Get, many, so many questions mate getting back to being a human being again did you feel like you lost yourself when yeah. you were running the business? Uh, so last week I was diagnosed with something called cyclothymic disorder, which is a form of bipolar, which essentially means you have these like quite brutal highs where you think you can do anything um, and you're just like relentlessly focused, like really intense to the point where you're actually not a human being. Um it it can be quite painful, but equally you get a lot of stuff done. Um, and then you can pretty much overnight go into the floor and suffer with really severe depression, et cetera, et cetera. And I had no idea what this condition was. I knew that there was lots of things in my life that was a bit like, this is, this is not right. Um, and that's been, that's been massive. So, um, I can't even remember the question. It wasn't that great of a question, mate. No. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, no, but, do you know what? Be good because... Did I feel, did I feel I lost myself? Um, 
Yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, entrepreneurship, it, it makes you like, I, I just, I just love it. Um, I love having an idea for something and then actually being able to create it and build it. And we had 17 people in the company at one stage. Oh, um, wow. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the company? Then? What was it called? So I rescued two dogs. Uh, well, I actually rescued one at the time, Diesel, who was nine. And he came to me with a load of behavioral problems. And I tried to find a dog trainer. Uh, in uh, January 2021 for him. Couldn't find one. Um, Why was that? So I I wanted to find a dog trainer who was uh, relevant to his breed, his age, and his issues, and be able to basically say, look, I've got, like, these are my filters. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who in the world does this? Can we do it remote? Can we do it meet in person, et cetera, et cetera? That didn't exist. So I started building it. Um, nice. And um, then we pivoted to SaaS. So we then realized... For anyone that doesn't know what SaaS is, could software, you explain? Yeah, yeah software SaaS. as a service, a really techie thing to say. So we pivoted to software. So we were... Um, I spoke to about 200 dog trainers early last year. No, uh, early 2021. And they're all saying the same thing, like, great idea, James, but our businesses are a mess. Can you build us software to um, manage and grow our companies so that we can actually take on the influx of of clients? So me and my co-founder kind of looked at each other and goes, yeah, this is that's an interesting problem to solve as well. So we pivoted, so we started building that. Um, and so the the piece of software was integrating and managing all aspects of dog trainers businesses from finance chat databasing etc etc um that we had an app for for clients and trainers to use etc etc so um it'd never been done before um and i can understand why now because it's fucking ridiculously hard (laughs) because the dog training industry's um way too uh, disjointed i think uh, i'm not gonna we're not gonna get into maybe some people be interested in that but um yeah i mean i, I i'm not a dog trainer right um i've just i built two companies before that um first company I built was with my mum weight loss tech that business now is flying she's she's a crazy cool entrepreneur as well oh, really yeah nice. she's doing about three million revenue at the moment is she yeah she's killing it mate um i'm just underrated selling um weight loss programs using cognitive hypnotherapy yeah as a product so we productized that wow that's yeah, cool. pretty cool uh, and then my second company was with a friend who and we were doing pdf automation um which was uh, a bit but i had a breakdown in between that so um i had to leave everything took 2020 off from life uh, wow so i had two attempts in my life oh. in February. Fuck. Yeah, mate. It was crazy. I left my left my first company because I started to suffer with really bad depression. Well, just, obviously, you didn't know bipolar was a no. potential cause at this point, did you? No. Um, and now it all makes sense. I'm like, well, Jesus. Okay, that's a clear pattern. But And then, yeah, 2020, start 2020, I just started to go downhill. To the point was I there did. like a catalyst for that? Was there... There's yeah, actually, there, there was a there was a few things that happened in my life, which from September through to December, which just decimated all the kind of p- core pillars of like I, uh, mental well being. But who who you are as a person, I, I mean, uh, I dislocated my knee playing rugby. 
and I love rugby. Um, and so ruptured my ACL, my PCL, uh, half my MCL, and my meniscus in a tackle. So yeah. yeah, I was literally, I was literally on the sofa, couldn't move for months, which was killer. Um, uh, I was really struggling with a fund funding round for for previous company. Um, they didn't quite like the mum sum dynamic. Thank God they didn't give me the money because I wouldn't have been able to do anything with it. Um, and um, then I went to the doctor and found out because I was getting this really weird pain in my side and they were like, oh, you've got a really enlarged liver. Have, do you drink a lot? And at the time I was killing the booze. But just like binge drinking on the weekend yeah, and same. not really looking oh, after think, it. Yeah. yeah, And you're just like, well, okay. Um, they were like, you need an immediate six month stand down from all booze. This was just before Christmas. Gee, you must have been hitting it hard back the weekend. Yeah, I was, yeah, I thought, yeah, I was, yeah. So, Christ, you need a because I was getting like real, like it's like like crippling pain. Um, and actually, they they found it because I did a full body CT scan because of my knee. Oh, really? Yeah, and they were like, "That is not okay. That's your liver, and it's got like this whopping great tail." Yeah. Um, and that was like poking into my rib. So it could, like causing Jesus, me, yeah, man. causing me loads of pain. So that was Christmas. So we're Christmas 2020 at this point, 2019, or 2019, pre COVID at this point. Correct. So we haven't done that yet. No. Okay. Uh, COVID actually saved my life. But anyway, okay, we'll, we'll get on to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got this, like this compilation of wonderful not wonderful, but wonderful events which came together to form the perfect storm. Isolation, not able to socialise, lost my real, like, passion rugby, um, company, I left it, and I felt like I was nothing, just totally worthless. And it was... Christmas 20, uh, 2019, January 29, uh, 2020, that I suddenly started to feel like I didn't want to be here anymore. Can you remember the first time that happened? Yeah. Um, I, I, I would be commuting to my... Because my fiancé lived in Putney. I lived in Pinner, northwest London. And I'd be commuting to go see her. Uh, I'd be on the train. I'd be like, just this almost psychotic voice in my head saying, you're not good enough. It's not good enough anymore. What have you got? Nothing. Fuck. Yeah. And it just grew. And it was like this, it was like this monster grew in my head telling me I'm not good enough. And that voice became so loud. It was like, honestly, I'd be on the train with head in hands, like, please just stop. But it wouldn't. And yeah, I felt like the only way out was to to Luckily, I actually sat down with my missus at the time. Yeah, did you communicate that you're feeling like this? Yeah. How, how was, I mean... That was really hard because I sat down with her on the... She was kind of looking at me going, there's something not right. But I was sat down and go, I think I've got depression because I was just in tears all the time. Going to the gym, sitting on the bench press in tears. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. And I love the bench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good, it's yeah. Good gym I've got great breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Great brain. <laughs> um, and then my favorite feature. Um, and that was, that was just super hard. And sitting down with my with my missus and just bursting into tears, going, I don't want to be here anymore. And that was a moment where she was like, Christ. And it only it actually got worse after that. Um because we still I told my mum 
Um, and that was really difficult as well. But I, th- I think... <sighs> I've been on the other end when someone's told me they've I've dealt with someone in my, right. very close to my life where they've had severe... Suicide. How did that affect you? I felt guilty. I felt like it was my fault. Like, I could, have I not done yeah, not been good more enough. to help them? How can I help them get out of it? I also felt trapped. Yeah. Because you feel that you can't come away from it as the partner or the yeah. sibling or the friend. You feel trapped in that. And it's so incredibly selfish, but you do. You think like that. That's so how, Abby, how, how was it? That's how your... Abby, my fiance, felt. She actually had to have counseling to have counseling for me, yeah, <laughs> wow. which is mad. Um, but she was dealing with a suicidal human being who was... So were you vocal about the suicidal thoughts with your... Yeah, I was. Um, I guess that was the toughest thing that was, to hear. Yeah, and then there was one attempt on Putney Bridge. So what, uh, if you don't mind me asking? No, no, I was walking. I got the train in to go and... Because I was doing nothing, literally. I was also interviewing for jobs at the time as well. And I was like, this is nuts. Mm. And people... I was going into interviews trying to... I, I didn't want to be there, but I was like, I have to have some money. Um, and companies telling me like I was too full of myself and arrogant I was like how can I be arrogant when I want to kill myself <laughs> the juxtaposition yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy it's, but it's I was mad. just that was his face I was putting on it being like were you able to compartmentalize it no not at all it's all yeah I had no idea at the time and that morning so what happened you just woke up I woke up I uh took the dogs for a walk and just this black cloud came over again and then I Got on the train uh, to the flat from, got on the Piccadilly line and was very teary and emotional for no reason. There was not, I was, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't just, all, all I could think of was, God, it'd be so, it'd be so nice to just not be here anymore. And actually, once you're in that place of like having those thoughts, they very easily cascade into much bigger thoughts. And I didn't quite, have the toolkit, the mental toolkit to be able to stop those thoughts in their in their tracks and be like, actually, no, 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 we're we're gonna do things differently here. And they just went from there that day and I then got the bus and it just became too much and then got off at Putney Bridge and I looked at the bridge and I was like, right, this is it. And and I said to Abby, I was like, she no, so she said to me, if you're gonna do something stupid, call me so I called her and I said I'm gonna go fuck she was in work and I was was just in tears and I I was like I don't I don't want to be anymore and this is it and she said she's hilarious she goes she goes James you do know if you jump off Putney Bridge you're not gonna die (laughs) because it's not that high (laughs) And I was like, what a girl. Yeah. Do you know what? That actually, that that bit of humor that I, I actually burst, I was laughing. And I was like, wow, you're right. But I still didn't want to be here. God, unprofessional. <laughs> Timing. Yeah. Timing. I still I still didn't want to be here, but it it was it I moved away from the bridge and I was just like you're in this, tu- there's the, just this tunnel mm. and wh- whether I was actually going to jump, I, 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 was, I was, if she hadn't said the right thing, which is 
enormous pressure. Incredible, yeah. Impress- in, in, amazing pressure to put on. Or if she hadn't picked up, I'd have probably have got, got really wet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Got really wet and cold. Um, and because Putney Bridge is... I actually think I know Putney Bridge that well, actually. Putney Bridge is one of the big jumping... Oh, is it? I didn't know this at the time, but we see it a lot because we live literally... 200 I mean, yards away I mean from she's a remarkable woman mate she's, she's still your current partner yeah oh, well, getting thank, married thank soon. you Rabbi got him on the podcast yeah yeah she's extraordinary <laughs> she's um, uh, and there was another one on Edgeware Road without bridge or no platform a um, oh. couple of days later just c- came over me again and I was just on the side of the platform I called her and said I've got to go and um, actually she's there was no humour to be had there, and I can't. I actually, it was all. It was all such a blur. I think I just needed somebody to, to kind of be on the phone to, and, um, I, I think if you were going to take humour from the situation, I mean, the train came in crawling because it's Edgeware Road, and, <laughs> and it was there was it wasn't really a fast train, um, but. I was just, it was so, so dark. And yeah. So that happened. That happened, yeah. Thank you, firstly, for opening up. It does to me, right. it means a lot. And it's, it's, a, it's a testimony to you, mate. I mean, how did you overcome this? So, what, so obviously, you've gone from, so we're, still, we're in January at this point now. We're in, Jan- we're in February at this point now. February, haven't quite got COVID. You've been out getting absolutely rat ass at the weekend, but you can't do that now because you've yep. livers knackered. Yeah. You're mentally. Yeah. Fucked at this point. Yeah. How do you turn it around? Great question. Um, it it was absolutely the right time to go and see get help. So I went and saw my therapist. Oh, not, have you not had therapists at this no. therapy at this point? Okay, wow, okay. So then I'd started to go it late February. Um and my therapist amazing, uh guy called Simon he was on my podcast actually we went through all of my kind of oh, really? issues live on the podcast wow yeah I might was, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah listen to us I'll send you a I'll send you a link it was quite cool actually it was on my previous podcast the rut um and he's kind of suggest he was like look you need to get out of England for a bit and by this time as well my car had floated down the Thames right so my car, this was a time where there was like Storm Dennis, right? So this was in February as well. Yeah. So just to compare, this is a hilarious story. Abby had taken a couple of days off work after these attempts because she was like, right, we're going to sit down in a cafe. We're going to go through your life, see if we can like just give you a bit of like mm-hmm. oomph or something. And uh, I was driving a BMW Z4 at the time. Great car. I've had the Z4. Yeah, it was an old school one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like 2006. Convertible. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, convertible. Black? Uh, no, uh, silver. Oh, it was black, that metallic. Black silver. one, mate. I actually loved that. Really? Car. I yeah. loved it as well. Yeah, it was, great. Yeah, it was a three litre as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. yeah don't get it. So, that, yeah. so <laughs> nice. Yeah. I loved it. I felt like such a big dick. Um, and she had parked it on the kind of where Putney is. You've got the bridge and then you've got the rowing clubs. Yeah. And there's a bit, there's a massive slipway, which is like half a mile long. Well, that's exaggerating. 300 meters long. So she's parked it on, on the kind of slipway. And the Thames barrier had shut that day after the storms. And so you've got this massive buildup of water. And so so we're sat in this cafe at half past two in the afternoon. She goes, it can't get any worse. It just can't get any worse from here. And then I leave at four. 
we do our little exercise. Um, I'm not sure I, I really listened, but anyway, left the cafe, walked to my car, and there's people laughing, and the the water is like is like it's so high. All the cars are flooded, and I couldn't see my car, and I was like, holy fuck. And then two rowers who were on the balcony laughing at the cars that were just basically drowning yeah. said, oh, look at that Z4 bobbing down. My car was literally, and it ended up in the Daily Mail as well, bobbing down the Thames. How did it float? Z4's float, mate. Wow. Yeah. Fucking And so I, at that point, I just laughed. And that was almost weirdly like the start of my recovery because I was like... I'm getting help, but equally, this is now just a joke. Um, my life is a joke. Yeah. And so we then went to Bali. Ooh, we booked it. a two-week holiday to Bali where we actually just travelled. And that was unbelievable. We got back on the day the UK lockdown. And then after, through lockdown, lockdown was a saviour for me because I'd furloughed myself from my company, so I was still getting paid. And I could just try and recover. I needed to be isolated in a weird way. I needed to just take some time to sit and process what had happened. Go to my therapist religiously, get good habits and build myself back up again. I started taking medication yeah, for what, it. Which what, was super what were the habits? Sleep. Yep. I, was, was, I just wasn't sleeping well. Um, sleep, good food and exercise. Nice. So simple. Yeah, so simple. And... Um, I'm, I'm I'm religious about them now, um, and that was the start of my recovery, really. Um, and and then I started a podcast because um, I was like, I've got I'm not going to build my company anymore, so I'll just try and build, and that just went like like the crackers, clappers, and that and that was it. That was really it. It it was simple, but it took time. It took it was it was painful. There was a lot of soul searching there was a lot of tears there was a lot of being very vulnerable with and making a lot of important changes in my life um deciding that i didn't i wasn't happy with some people that i had in my life as as friends deciding to not have those kind of negative those energy sappers your friends know what was going on no um but then i told them and they were like we had no idea that's mad which almost always happens yeah which is mad um terrifying as well terrifying yeah. yeah terrifying so yeah that was that wow mate i mean that's probably the best content i've had on here so far you've had very good content have you nah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> but you like the, i find the podcast it's i love it so much because it is so cathartic yeah. like, i don't know if you've ever done one which is you just talking or rambling on about but it's i haven't really mate trust me it's like you're it's great do you enjoy that i don't think anyone else does but i really it. Like, so for me it's just a really nice time just to, to get my thoughts out and yeah so i'm talking about mental health because i've I think this we can talk about other random stuff, but I think mental health is such an important topic yeah. these days and for men. And I was chatting to someone earlier just about how it's so difficult now for a bloke to be a bloke. And any bloke that is a bloke is kind of hung up, drawn and quartered because they'd been too masculine. It, you can't be masculine, you can't not be masculine. It's a very confusing time for young guys, young adults as well, to kind of work out what's best for them growing up. And how do you feel like with kind of the male ego and masculinity we're not afraid we're well 
which posters would be able to talk about mental health. But no, I don't think people really are. The people that talk about it are the ones that have gone for it and they're trying to help others. But I still think it's such a silent, taboo subject in the way of kind of you have to be masculine. You got you can't you can't cry. You can't display your feelings. It depends what you call masculine. Which is it. This is what I want to get on. We'll get on to that in yeah. a minute. But how would you like for kind of young lads that may be listening to this, because I've got quite a young audience, you know, like nine or ten. So not, 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 not sitting opposite Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> but like between like 18 to like 25, big, yeah. big audience from that. For anyone that's potentially going through a similar situation, maybe struggling to come to terms with, you know, they, they're feeling like they don't necessarily know how to be the best version of themselves yeah, yeah. and potentially feel themselves slipping yeah, into yeah. the early signs of depression. What kind of advice would you give to, not a younger, not a younger you, but young lads maybe going in that same kind of boat? The hardest part is talking about it. And actually, talking saved my life. So it, it's, it's actually, I find it quite simple um, because... There's a lot around depression, mental health, which goes into um, a lot of depth and it can get um, entangled in lots of different areas. And yes, I've got a condition, but at the end of the day, I talk about it almost every day. I talk about when I'm not feeling very good to my fiance, I say, I'm really feeling shit today and I stop. And then once you start talking about it and you get comfortable talking about it, that's the critical thing. Yeah. Actually working out how you can get comfortable talking about it is 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 the hardest part because it's so terrifying. But it's the best thing you ever do. And therefore, I think it also builds a stronger human being by being able to communicate how you feel, communicate your emotions, not only with your friends, but your relationships. Like since we've gone through what we've gone through with my mental health, but also my fiance's mental health, she had burnout last year. Uh, she's a lawyer. Um, and talking about that was really difficult because of her industry. Um, our relationship has 10 x because we have worked out We've done a marriage course, which is interesting. Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly recommend it, actually. I kind of laughed at it, but um, it's we you bought this marriage course off off on, online. And essentially you you're you're given this like quite big book to go through, and it's got loads of exercises. You do it off like this kind of YouTube that thing. And I learned so much about myself and how to communicate with her. And bringing that back round to mental health, like if I'd understood how to communicate my feelings better, then I would have sounded the alarm before. But also I it would have made me feel better because I would have known that I am heard. I'm not living in my own head anymore. And that that really is the biggest the biggest win here is how can we teach men and women um or whatever you identify as. Um, 2023. Correct. <laughs> um, how to communicate better. Which thing that starts? School. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it starts with parenting. It starts with normalizing feelings, which is really difficult for a lot of parents because they have come from a different generation. So for my, my parents, I'm very fortunate that my mum is very communicative communicative with yeah with 
with how she feels. She and and she's been a therapist herself, so she understands. Oh, cool. My dad is like completely the opposite. Um, <sighs> I, I mean, he won't see this, but um, unless it's going on TikTok, he loves TikTok, so it'd yeah. be <laughs> pretty funny if he does see this. Yeah, but. Um, I think my dad's got undiagnosed cyclothymia as well because he, my mum refers to him as a psychopath um, because he's always up and down. Yeah. Which, and she just thinks he's got like deep mood swings. And I was like, okay, should we wake up and smell the coffee here? Um, and a lot of these conditions are hereditary and genetic. Um, you're genetically disposed to it, right? So having researched this, it became very interesting that actually we've not been really able to communicate that well as a family. But I, I would say since I started coming out and talking about my depression a couple of years ago, we've got much better. But if it wasn't for my mum, I wouldn't, I'm, I don't know how I'd communicate my feelings. I don't know if, whether I would be able to communicate my feelings. And therefore, I, th I think... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Our generation of people who are having children now are actually at a massive advantage because there is this wave of knowledge out there now. There's this acceptance that it's okay to speak. There's more people our age who talk about the mental health in a way which is so positive. Um, and that's only going to serve the next generation of children well yeah. because we're learning an entirely different skill set. And that's so important. I think the soft skills that schools should teach should be far more important than maths, geography, history. And yeah. I've got a lot of friends that are teachers. They struggle. We won't go into this, but they struggle a lot. They've got a lot of day them it. What? Why are kids going on? Where? You know, the yeah. kids will. They have to. If they get that wrong on one, set, some yeah. kids have got five or six different. Yeah. And it's it must be so difficult now to to teach and to, but they still have to focus on history. Yeah. And that they should be focusing on mental health yeah. awareness and self-awareness yeah. and the, the ability to yeah. to realise when, you know... I'll shout out a company now that I work with. They're in my advisory portfolio. and you go. Called Kanjo Health. And the founder, Sophia, she's 25. She's an absolute rock star. They are building a e-gaming uh, company for children's mental health. Oh, wow. So through the technology and through the games parents and school teachers can uh, understand 
patterns of behavior, which might lead to early autism diagnoses or uh, depression, anxiety. When they're not feeling very good, come back from work, they can play with the game and actually communicate that through data fed back into parents. Oh, wow. I'm really excited about that. That's a cool project, man. Really, really cool. cool. My, really cool. So my nan, I've got my mental health in my family is quite rife. My nan was Italian, a little half Italian drop there. But uh, she had uh, schizophrenia. And wow. this is when it was electric therapy. Yeah. Back in the day. And she's yeah. not with us anymore, bless her. But her, my, so my mum and her brother got fostered. Gosh. And my brother has got, he won't see this, but he's got like severe Asperger's or autism. We're not quite sure. He's never been diagnosed, but it's... Severe. severe 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 the type point out he was collecting roadkill at one point and Jesus. We were, and we were like, oh god he's gonna kill people like wow. not even would but it's always no. that kind of like yeah and because he never got the help early days it's escalated now of course to and it's it's something that i feel quite passionate about so whenever someone comes up with these initiatives that we can help yeah because he could have something it's so funny and witty yeah. as they always they generally are actually yeah. when they yeah allowed to express themselves and comfortable. but yeah he can't he can't get yeah, any no. job because i was gonna you know, i mean no. unfortunately and I, I mean, I've, I don't, yeah, not saying I never would, but you're yeah. going to employ someone that's going to be charismatic and charming over someone that's going to ultimately potentially say something that's going to be HR. Of course. Fucking debacle. Yeah, exactly. But um, we touched on something earlier, like about the masculine side of things, yes. which is a topic that I find fascinating at the moment. Um, for why, why do you find it fascinating? Because, so I, so my background was, uh, I grew up with a Catholic family, so very much traditional values, where whereby the lady was at home, male provides, being like my dad fucked off, he wasn't even around. But like, I've always been the provider. That's always been, so me and the missus go out for dinner, mm-hmm. I pay the bill. Mm-hmm. She'll always insist, she hates it. She's so proud and I respect that for her. But I've, for some reason, my little male ego inside me has to pay. For no, I don't know, I don't know where this has come from. And I'm trying to like work out why I have this in me and go to the gym. It's always that protector element. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. And obviously, yeah, people, I think it's an innate... It's an innate... Uh, habit slash psychological um, uh, aspect to being a human, being a man. It's, 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 it's a, like back in the old days. We, we don't, we'd yeah. have to be the ones that go out because really fundamentally we are physically stronger not yes. mentally stronger but physically we are stronger and obviously you've got people like Andrew Tate and stuff who I'm not a fan of but thank god yeah not a fan of him not a fan of him but he got strung up for having this masculine approach yeah and I hate the way people do jump on people because they only ever watch clickbait like if you actually listen to certain things you can feel like you can make an informed opinion um so what, what's your kind of so if you were to describe masculine now in 2023 what what would that because it'll get me to another point which i which i really want to talk to you about but um yeah what would you how would you describe it now sorry man it's got a bit like gone into the spectrum a bit yeah, no 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 i i'm just difficult question it's not easy you remind me of sam thompson by the way do i yeah that's i like cool. sam thompson that's that's cool. i feel really at ease like yeah, yeah. he's got a great podcast cool. by the way yeah. um really charming guy what i think about masculinity i I wonder if we took away the labels of masculine, masculinity and femininity or being a feminist. Yep. And we took those labels away and we were like, right, I'm a man and you're a woman or whatever you identify as. And none of that, those labels matter anymore. And... Whoever provides in the family, we both do, or one of us does, and it's a conversation, an open dialogue that we have. You might say to me, right, I want to, I'm, I'm your 
your your woman or your man uh, and I say I really want to stay at home and look after the kids and you go cool I'll go to work or you say actually I really want to stay at home look after the kids or not cool I'll go to work and so actually if we strip those labels back and just had it as people and took tried our best to take away the kind of genderfication of things which inherently lead to these kind of predisposed ideas as to what a man was or being masculine and what being feminine or a feminist is then and we mix together those two realms and just actually had more of a communicative accepting dialogue in the moment then where would we be and I often think that actually that would be a better way to do things. But equally, I can't live in dreamland all the time. Yeah. Um, and for, for me, like being, a, being, I've had a really interesting um, experience with masculinity, actually, because my fiance is, so I'm 28, my fiance is 36. What? Yeah. Oh, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Go on that. So I'm a cougar hunter. How, wait, how, yeah. did, you, how did you meet if that were me asking? We met at Twickenham at rugby, um, and my my best mate threw a pint over after Saracen scored the winning try in 2019 June, and um, I was ten pints deep at the time. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder after the game and said, um, "Excuse me, do you know these people? They threw a pint at me." I said, "Yeah, they're my friends." Got talking to this beautiful brunette, um, and um, I said, "Look, can I if I pay for your dry cleaning bill?" because she was in a full dress suit, because she was in hospitality. Yeah. Can I take you out for a drink? And that's how it went. James, lovely done. There we mate. go, yeah. Nicely done. So she's 36 and I'm 28. And so actually, it, I'm quite lucky because I'm quite mature for my age. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't think you were 28. No, yeah. I, I, but I... And so I've had to kind of except that she is on a vastly different financial scale to me right now. And it is okay to not be able to be the big earner. It is okay to not be able to pay the bill because she earns way more than me because I was also being, being, being an entrepreneur at the time. And that was really, really hard because inside you, you're like, well, I'm a man. Uh, and I should be able to provide. But actually, as she puts it, you provide, I provide, this is what she says about me, because I've we've talked about it a lot. I provide something very different to her, which is emotional um, support, um, a calm head. Um, uh, and being able to open up and that, has completely changed how I see the masculine and feminine. I don't feel like I've asked a better person this question, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you come, when you, well, if you meet, you meet James, you come across very masculine, you've got, you've got a very nice energy about you. Oh, that's really nice. And you're very like, it's like oh, I'm a house husband, like straight off the bat. Yeah, like, yeah, straight yeah. Straight off the bat, where some yeah. people might be like, like... I'm getting to learn, getting to know this whole like... Do you do like, like, you look house, like do you, I love, I got... We, Abby bought me a dice. Talk me, talk me through it. I'm Abby. I've got now. I've, right. I've had a stressful so, day at uh, work. I'm getting iron. Yeah. Home well, I, I really hate cooking. That's one of the big downsides. But she you likes so cooking. Well. Oh, she likes but cooking. I, I love walking my dogs. Um, I love 
cleaning for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she bought me a, one of the new Dysons. Nice. Hoovers. So I literally hoover every day just so I can yeah. use fucking what feels like oh, a... I wanted to report yeah. the, like the portable yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's stuff. unbelievable, mate. I yeah, love nice. it. Um, so we've only got two, but, but being able to go and pick her up from the station and all these little things, go and make sure that like washing's on, all this kind of stuff, which I've just been learning how to do. Make a bed. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, all this kind of stuff um, in the last couple of months and I've really enjoyed it um, and um, that's been a beautiful experience yeah, um, she probably loved it to be fair coming home yeah she it. does yeah. because also it means that we're not focusing on the the money and the finances side obviously that's a huge part of our relationship but but equally like we we there's a I, I've had to learn that there's a whole different element to a relationship which is far more than just being like strong and yeah. and and well, I'm gonna pay for this and pay for that actually me helping and doing things for her and being thoughtful is far more of a gift to her and actually that to me is quite masculine especially in the world of yeah yeah because I'm supporting her and yeah. and also supporting her career at the moment because she's supported me for my last four years and whatever I've been doing and there's going to be more stuff yeah. that comes along in the future and I think it's been the how is absolutely fun because you've got like you're brimming with ideas you've got loads of stuff coming up and I think that's if my, my partner wants that because she's got plans to ideas yeah. to do stuff that's incredible like yeah. I support that and I think you touched on something there which kind of really nicely leads on to one of the points I want to talk to you about is with Instagram social media and TikTok and all that jazz we are very much programmed to just by the way the algorithms work you look at people with nice cars and nice watches and big buff guys really good looking and that that's what you should be aiming for but yeah, you want you want to have the big house. You want to be the biggest man in the gym. You want to be the best. You want to have bloody turkey teeth. No one ever says you want to be known as the kindest man, the most caring man, the most thoughtful man. And I think the way you just touched on that, just like people should aim to be like you, not that you don't have all the other stuff as well, but like how would you... I'm trying to put this into a question that makes it more articulate, but first of all, do you agree? First of all, do you agree? But I'm going to say like role models should be people that are generally kind. I mean, you rescue, I mean, you rescue dogs. Like you should be, like, we should be looking at people and they should be the ones that are in our media now, mm. not the people that mm. just because they look nice or they. Mm. I, I think we've got a massive void at the moment with what role models really are. I think it's a real problem. Who's your role models growing up? Uh, no, my, my granddad. Your granddad. Uh, What's his name? Herbie. Great name. Yeah, he passed away five years ago and uh, I've never, never got over it actually. Because he was mum's like, side, dad's side, dad's, uh, mum's side. Uh, he was just unbelievable. Um, and so, I, I I don't really see role models. I, I think for me, but doing what you're doing, mate, you'll be a role model. Uh, yeah, yeah, people. yeah. And I know, I know, I do. I inspire a lot of people, which makes me feel amazing. Uh, I feel a bit of pressure to keep doing it, but equally, this is one of the things I've been working on over the last couple of months. Is actually. Um, when creating content, I not to focus on the likes and engagement, I actually focus on what I feel like is the right thing to put out at the right time and being comfortable with that process. Anyway, get back to role model. For, for me, like it's, can I just be a little bit better each day for myself, nobody else, for myself, and then put out how I am to the world? And if that sticks with people, that sticks. It grates a lot of people up the wrong way because they're probably a bit jealous of 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 
and that makes him, I think, uncomfortable that I can just put yeah. out this that's kind of stuff. But vulnerability is such a skill, and yeah, yeah, such yeah. an attractive quality in people. Yeah, like being able to expose yourself and how yeah. you've been just in this brief half hour. It's incredible, man. I mean, I uh, mean, and learning that, learning yeah. that, learning actually to be like well, vulnerable every day. Like people ask me about, and they, I, I'm very open with it now. I think people are taken aback by the vulnerable nature of it, and they're like, "Oh God!" But more often than not, they come away and they go, "Oh fuck, yeah, I could probably talk about that in my life as well." Yeah. And the more we can talk about this kind of stuff, makes us all role, mod- role models. And I think. Role models doesn't have to... You should look at... look. Try and look at yourself as a role model, right? Yeah. If you can be a little bit better every day and you can learn new things and be curious about who you are, then you're going to be... You're going to start putting things out there, which is important. You're going to start living the right right life. For me, like, with this podcast, like, well, I actually held a mental health conference a couple of years ago. Did you? Yeah, first time it, it was ever been done in my sector, the property sector, because I felt... Like when I like the top of your profile, I, was like, I like what you guys are doing because there's it's pushing property. It's a very much an egotistical kind of place to be, and it's quite yes, toxic. It's, it's a very toxic sales place. sales, sales driven. driven yeah. If you're not smashing it or yeah. deemed to be smashing it, you can easily start classing yourself as a failure, even though you're not a failure. But you can start doing that. Yeah. So we put in a conference, and we um, we basically kind of had about eight people. Oh, well, don't get me wrong; it's not glamorous. There was only like 300 people there. But we were had people come and speak and kind of still to get three hundred people in a room is hard. So free. don't put it. Yeah. We make it free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We made it free, yeah. uh, but it was hard. Yeah, yeah appreciate but... that. And um, everyone, we had basically speakers come up and just display their vulnerability. So I told a little bit about my my story back in the day with the person who was like, quite ill and just other friends and people that I've known. Um, we had a couple of guy come up, how he'd been suicidal. Yeah, and we we had one person come up to me afterwards who I'd never have expected. On Never to come do. and two to come up, it was like, Cole, mate, like, that was incredible. Like, I've been suicidal recently. Like, can I reach out? And then since then, we've like, we kept in like not regular contacts, just maybe other lights, but like, still, it was, so what? All the aggro, the hassle, the stress. How did it make you feel? Incredible. Yeah, bad, incredible. It's worth, it, I've had some wonderful times in my life, but for me, that was, and I think for you, you would have touched base with so many people. Yeah. One, obviously, I'm sure there's people who have told you this, yeah, which, I'll, which I'll ask you about in a minute, but so many that you probably don't know. No, I know. No, you know. So, I mean, what's been the nicest thing you've heard from someone? So, the my first podcast, The Rut, I went into it wanting to save one life. And after about f- six episodes, I had a friend of mine who's a who was a he was a professional rugby player. He was playing for Bristol, Was Saracen. Oh, cool. So, uh, premiership and one of his fans at Bristol got in touch after that episode and said his son hadn't been come down from his room for about three weeks and they knew that he was borderline like life or death situation and he listened to Tom's episode on the podcast came down sat down with his dad and said I need help, and that to me was like a really yeah that was sick that was defining because I was like wow, the power of actually talking and and, and mm. the power of communicating it in such a way which, if you can articulate it properly and even if you can't quite articulate it properly the the notion that you're actually doing it is so powerful, and so that's probably meant that I've 
kept doing this and kept speaking about it. And yeah, I, I get lots of messages, mainly LinkedIn, because LinkedIn's my main platform. Yeah, I was going to say, you had a post that got liked by 49,000 people. Anyone that knows LinkedIn, is that is not an easy... I mean, that's, no, that's, I think that's the that, highest I've seen. That's proper viral. You, you took the algorithm for a ride. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a, yeah, it's Paddy that's Pimlet. a powerful yeah. post, that. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've had some really cool things go wild on, on LinkedIn. And I'm really proud of my LinkedIn because I think... LinkedIn's an interesting platform in that it's obviously this very successful professional networking platform, but actually you've got people on there. And um, the most where people spend most of their day now is at work. And if you can influence whilst at work um, and start having conversations, you can have an enormous amount of impact. And if you can get companies to start looking at your content going, fuck, we could do a bit more here, then you're going to have even more support for people where they're spending all of their day, pretty much. I agree. And I think LinkedIn's a really powerful platform now, that and TikTok, which which can change people's lives if you're putting out the right content. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love LinkedIn. I really want to get into TikTok, but I just don't have the... I'm a bit, bit worried about video editing, I think. I, like, I don't really know... It's, it's taken me it's t- taken me yeah a year to build up my LinkedIn following to I think I'm 22k now. Yeah, decent mate. I yeah, thought I was just good. really good. Yeah, like, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many have you got? 11, on there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come back to me later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so your approach is real, mate. That's what. Yeah, that's the thing. You're, that's you're, the thing. You're, yeah. you're you're playing on a whole different playing field as other people on there. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Right down where. Yeah, exactly. And people say, "Oh, this isn't Facebook for." And I'm oh, like, you, yeah, Facebook wankers. I call them that. But you're t- I think with TikTok, it's it's hard to, it's hard to nail it. I've had to work with professionals to kind of help me get it off the ground. But the videos I thought were shite. There's a video of my sister getting attacked by a spider, which got like the hundred thousand like views. And there's one that's like, I reckon I might have seen that. I might, reckon I would have come across. You might have, mate. You might have kind of come across it. Yeah. But um, it's hard, mate. But I think I think that should be, especially because what you're doing, because where people are just sitting at home, just flicking through their yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aimlessly. Yeah. But I just want to document one my quick. journey. I like documenting my journey. There's, um, there's a post, there's a guy that I followed, it was like a serial company, but the guy that had done the TikTok was incredible. Like he was very, it was, he, everything they tell you how to do a TikTok, he'd done it. So it was like captions, quick images, sounds. Really? Like, charming guy bang 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 all in the space of 15 seconds and you've taken it all in wow but i think what you're doing and on tiktok and where you're hitting people is yeah. so invaluable yeah but you need to you need that quick clickbait yeah. stuff to yeah. kind of hook people yeah i was gonna I call my account the recovering entrepreneur i think and yeah. just documenting because i think people are so scared of failure like i've failed yeah. businesses before and everyone just assumes that you're smashing it but i failed i think i failed it's fucking miserable when you fail and your your mal ego or ego <laughs> not necessarily mal ego just kind of I'm a fucking failure. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. Like, what's wrong with me? And um, yeah, I think people resonate. The post that I put up all quite almost about how like it's quite real, just saying the highs and the lows of what's going on. And people need that. They need to know, like, even just by hearing your story, someone comes across so assured and so I never would have dreamt that that would happen to what, you know, just by the way you are. But v- vulnerability sells. Yeah. In a way which sells more than success. Agreed. And I think that, is also incredibly powerful because I think actually, thank God it is like that because the more people who can be vulnerable, the more impact you can have. And I think with success, often 
success is a very fake uh, feeling um, because it's quite fleeting. Yeah. But equally, I think with success, you you look at somebody who's successful and most people are happy for them, right? A lot of trolls on various platforms aren't, but like most people are happy for them. But actually, as a human being, it's not uncommon to sit there and go, wow, they're successful. Why aren't I, why aren't I successful? And then you're immediately comparing yourself. Yeah. Whereas actually in a really like morbid way, like you see somebody being vulnerable and they've fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right here. But in a weird way, like that's really good. Yeah. You want people, because that comparative yeah. artist is toxic. Correct. You compare yeah. yourself. But comparison yeah. is a thief of joy until somebody's failing. <laughs> you know? It's okay to get a little bit of gratification yeah, from that. Exactly. It is. Fine. But equally, uh, uh, but helping people in their, when they're vulnerable, being vulnerable, like is really important. And to facilitate that is, is a, is a really amazing skill. Mate, I think it's, um, I think vulnerability is probably the key word for me. So I think it's, I think uh, so, yeah. So that's a nice word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's your podcast, isn't it, Bumble? Yeah. Yeah. There you go, mate. A little yeah. plug for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, but we'll come to the end of the cast. Uh, is it a cast that we call it? Uh, podcast. Yeah, I call it cast. I also call it American Express Amex. I'm that's wrong. But that is wrong. Yeah, it's embarrassing as well. Amex, yeah. Uh, I recommend getting one, run stuff. Though. I've got, I've got, uh, British, yeah, Airways, British Airways. British Airways. I want to get a gold card though. Yeah, they look cool, don't they? Because we spend, we got a, we're not like my my parents spend a lot of cash on theirs, but they run it through the business. Yeah, and get that's the, the biggest. Get the first class that's the biggest clients. um cheat code you can use if you're starting up a well, business. I saw a guy. He um put he um he runs a property networking group. You should definitely do this. And he put if you just quote my code on Amex, does means referral. You get twelve and a half thousand points per people. Obviously, you got have wow. a big, you've got a big following. I would just do that. Mate. Really, <laughs> you get a free little trip to Dubai or something. Wow, lovely stuff. That's a very good. That's there's so many of these little financial hacks. Yeah, hacks are good. Hacks are great. Yeah. I'll just I'll just learn stuff from people. I'm like, oh yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. like biohacking. Got into that recently, which That's is biohacking, ice bathing, and all that kind of shit. Oh yeah, I saw that. So you're doing little small hacking things that like improve your biology, improve your physiology, etc. And ultimately, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But um, meant to make you more healthy, yeah. but actually super interesting because this is like an aura ring. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I monitor my sleep on it. And how much and... you get in on it? So I I get a total in bed time. I, I'm one of these people that's in bed by about nine nine fifteen, and then go to sleep at about nine thirty nine forty five. Oh, top G, mate. I'm mate. a nine o'clock. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably wake up at about six thirty seven. Yeah, good point, nice. But I'm I'm in bed for a long time, but I probably only get about seven hours sleep, maybe six and a half, seven hours sleep. Sleep Italian? Uh, no. Podcast. Uh, cold room, uh, classic FM on. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, very dark room. Uh, earplugs as well, because uh, we've got my, one of my dogs in there because she can't sleep anywhere else. I, like that. I have dogs in the bed. I think it's absolutely fine. She, she's about as long as this table, so you can't. Freeway, yeah. Mm, she's also mega hairy, and she's in the river every day. So full beam or something like that. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't so, I'm sorry, babe. I haven't really. Yeah, <laughs> just like, uh, But this aura ring is 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 amazing because it's it's allowed me to kind of look at like body temperature and look at trends and something that I think everybody should do is at, at a young age as well. This is one of the things I regret, which is not understanding sleep the impact that all these major things we take for granted when we're younger have on 
how you develop as a human being, even going through the ages of 18 to 25. Because I basically was like binge drinking from the age of 17 through till two years ago. Yep. And I think that had a huge, huge, huge impact on how I led my life and actually fucked my sleep, fucked everything. And I wish I took this more seriously when I was younger. Oh, you've got the whole future ahead of you now, man. Liver repairs itself as well, so... Exactly, exactly. So it's it's, it's exciting, it's it's cool. And now so what's I... next on, what's on the cards for you then? What's the plan for 2023? 2023, I, I, honestly, I've got no idea, um, which is kind of weird, but kind of... I, I want to get a few things with the house sorted. We're selling the flat. Um, but I just want to help the first six months of the year help other entrepreneurs build their companies. I've got a lot of war stories um, and um, it helps that I know how to build a company or or two. And so, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work a couple of days a week and also just take some time to recover and yeah. go to the gym. I, I want to get more into creating cool, but slightly different content. So I'm going to be focusing on that, growing my LinkedIn again, um, learning to, TikTok and to do a lot of writing. Um, I've got a couple right, of booking, yeah, surely. I've actually got. I've written thirty-two thousand words of a book. How many pages? Are there? Uh, it's about one hundred and eighty. Oh, you need, you need there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's bookable. Yeah, I don't know. It's about my it. level of book. Yeah, mate, yeah. I, I don't know. Buy it. Though. <laughs> it I, I just. I had this idea uh, about eighteen months ago that I just write a book. And so I would. You know what I would do is I'd TikTok the book writing. I'm starting the book up, coming up, just build the hype up. And then go for it. That is a great idea because you could put it just build have, your hype up. Try and get a little bit of PR. Can you copy? And, you could copy and paste a lot of the book into just TikTok videos, and that's yep. just content. You could have yeah, and it'd be captions based. Yeah, and captions yeah. based with just literally black. Yeah, um, and then that bit document of your life and stuff, yeah. pictures yeah. and stuff. Yeah, honestly, mate, people can get and people because they are inherently morbid on tiktok some people I, I'm, I'm a fan of all these dark pages because i'm just a bit weird like yeah well I, stuff. this was the, i wrote the book on my on being suicidal if you can document that and people people will yeah it will hit a lot of people and natural curiosity and yeah create some hype mate that is that's a great idea that's there you go i'm gonna take that that's fine mate that's amazing Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.